It is Friday, July 8th, 2022. This is another edition of Baseball Today presented to you by good friends at Shady Rays. Not only the best looking sunglasses in the entire business, but when you lose them or you break them, they will replace them. That is my man, the irreplaceable Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. Joined today by producer Robin intern Alden. Plouffe, it is good to have you back. But Jason Benetti filled your shoes uh, quite well, I would say, yesterday. It was nice to have the White Sox and Peacock play-by-play man here. It's good to be back, C. Rose. I, I did tune in and listen to your guys' show yesterday. I thought Jason did an excellent job. I just have, like, one little bone to pick with him, okay? Ooh, what's that? Because, like, the beginning of the episode comes on, and I believe he called me the ever-dangerous Trevor Plouffe. As, yes. As I played against the Syracuse uh, Mets, I believe they're called, uh, and he was the announcer there. So he, like, was praising me, and I was kind of, like, smiling. and like, this is cool. Like, not a lot of people compliment me. You know, you guys always try to, you know, break me down. So I'm smiling. And then he goes, yeah, I was just really against Syracuse. Like you go and hit home runs to the train tracks and you go play <laughs> Buffalo ground into a double play. <laughs> and I'm like, Hey, we could have, we could have stopped before you said that, bro. We didn't. We didn't uh, he was just fitting in with the John boy material. That's all. It's um, true. I ground into a lot of double plays. That's true. Hey, one of the games that finished last, last night, uh, the Padres with a walk-off, Jorge Alfaro with a deep single to best the Giants in extra innings. And afterward, boy, did he win over the fans with this. I think they're waiting for something. Yes. Let's fucking go San Diego! <laughs> Let's fucking go San Diego. I mean, holy smokes, has he just replaced Tatis and Machado atop the uh, food chain in San Diego? I think so. He had the bat slam at the end of that. I mean, no, wait, hold on. We- let me take that back. No, clearly he has not replaced uh, Machado and Tatis. <laughs> but I like Jorge. I was a teammate of his. He's got the hair going right now, which I think has given him his power and his confidence. He looks yeah. really good. Mm-hmm. Um, some of his like pregame fits are, are exquisite. On point. Uh, so, yeah, he, he did it last night. And I, I love that, man. Get the, get the crowd fired up. That's what it's about. I've said this before, Chris. We're entertainers. Yep. Like baseball players are entertainers. And you kind of have to remember that at times. And you know what? All the people who are like, oh, he swore on cable television. Fuck that. Who cares? So what? Who, I mean, seriously, we need more of that, not less. Just want to let you know. I think All right, so, let's, too. Let's get to our topics, uh, including some breaking news early on Friday. As expected, the commissioner used his new special powers. He has placed Albert Pujols on the National League All-Star team as the 33rd member of that squad. Miguel Cabrera will be the legend on the American League side. You good with all this? I think so. I am. And I've been going back and forth, you know, and um, I think you might ask me about Kirsch a little later on in the show. And I think my feelings are the same on all this. I I want these guys in there. They've clearly earned this. And and this is a showcase of Major League Baseball. And and when you showcase this sport, you should probably showcase generational talent. So, you know, these two guys are just that. Um, I got a much closer view of Miggy. And I'm telling you this right now, there's not a better hitter in the game that I saw day in and day out than Miguel Cabrera. I know Pujols is that guy on the National League. I didn't get to see him as much, but um, I'm, I'm excited to see both of them. They clearly earned it. And I think, you know, it'll be a fitting, you know, goodbye. And and I don't know. It's just, it, it seems like the right thing to do, in my opinion. It's a little weird for me. Uh, Pujols, I totally get. Miguel Cabrera is going to play another couple of years. That's true. That's and true. so, <laughs> I, like, I don't think we need to do it every year. Uh, this year, I'm a thousand percent behind it. Um, 
Pujols all the way, particularly the, the, the fact that he played for almost a decade out in Los Angeles, most of that with the Angels, a half season with the Dodgers. I think that's all nice. He deserves that tip of the cap. Um, I, I enjoy watching more and more teams kind of give him that honor as he's playing in their ballparks for the presumably the final time. The Miguel Cabrera one, I don't get. I don't get it. <laughs> I guess you're. I guess you're right. Unless they're going to do this every single year, where they bring in a guy from each league, no, I don't think that... they should do that either. You're totally right because the one the one thing I have that I'm thinking negatively about this situation is we don't want. As a player, I don't want them to take away in a bat from a guy who's mm-hmm. deserved it this year. And I know, like, look, I just said it's a showcase. You want your best players, your most popular players in the game. But at the same time, when you are, you know, in the thick of it, like, and you deserve an all-star nod, and maybe you don't get in a bat or you don't get a nod because this happens, that kind of sucks. Like, you want to be able to call yourself – you make your all-star team one time, you're an all-star for life. And, like, people really put value into that, whether that's, like, talking contracts or just – in general, like that means something to players. Uh, so that's the one thing I would say, like, you know, hopefully they're not going to take away from a bat from a, a player who's deserving this year. But other than that, I got I got nothing for it. I agree with you. It shouldn't be every single year, though. No, and I, I want to make this very clear. If Miguel Cabrera had made the announcement before the season, this is it for me. He should absolutely be there. But I'm just telling you, it's going to be weird. that He's going to be there and he's still going to have two more years to play out that big contract. And by, by the way, He's hitting the ball exceptionally well. Yeah. He's not hitting it for power at all, but he is putting the ball in play and getting knocks. And the fact that he's got a 300 average this year, pretty remarkable. Good, good by he's, him. He's incredible. All right, let's move on to the reason I'm wearing the Yankees lid today for a, a rare change on baseball today. So all of you people that think I'm a Yankee hater, I'm not. They took the opener of a four-game setup at Fenway. Biggest story to come out of that game was that, uh, that Garrett Cole continues to be victimized by the long ball. Two off of the wood of Rafael Devers, who continues to post an MVP-type campaign. Or that John Sterling said on the radio, there's no reliever I'd rather have than Clay Holmes right now in the big leagues. I mean, I think the bigger story is what Clay Holmes has done and what he's meant for the Yankees. I did like a quote uh, that that Cole had after the game talking about Devers because I'm open for suggestions. You guys are all watching the game too. He said, there just hasn't been a miss hit roll over one time, line out one time. You're supposed to fail seven out of 10 times in this gig. You know, he's feeling it. And there are times where as a hitter, you just have a pitcher's number. Uh, Clearly that's the case here. Uh, But Clay Holmes has just been, I mean, when at the beginning of the year, there was a couple guys that needed to step up. We needed guys in the bullpen to step up for the Yankees, and a couple guys in the rotation have done that as well. I mean, that's why they're at where they're at. They've got 60 wins now because guys have stepped up. And Clay Holmes, his story is really cool because, you know, he's a, he was one of those guys that's – and you see him from time to time, see Rose, like, wow, he's got this stuff, but he gets hit. And you always wonder, like, what the fuck's going on? Why is he getting hit? Um, but, you know, we talk about this too, like pitchers – with the tech they have and the data they have now can make adjustments like that. And it can be career changing and life changing. That's basically what happened with Clay Holmes started really to just to trust his sinker. And he's like one of those dudes that relies on the seam shifted wake. And we can try to dive into that, but I don't know if we're smart enough to talk about it. He is smart enough to talk about it. He's throwing his sinker 82% of the time. It averages 97 miles an hour. He adjusted. So he's got that pitch going. And then he, he adjusted a slider to mirror it. So now you just got pitches going like this and, and people looking silly up there. I think he's got a 0.47 ERA right now through 37 appearances. I yeah. mean, he's been, uh, 
he's been incredible. So like when, when Sterling says that he's not, he's not lying. No, it's not, it's not, it sounds ridiculous when it first comes out of his mouth and then you're like, okay, well, you know, other than Josh Hader, maybe, I mean, maybe that's the only other guy that you would say I definitely have to have at this point. He's been that good. And one huge reason why is because he has cut down on his walks massively. When he was in Pittsburgh, he was basically a two to one strikeout to walk ratio guy, which out of the bullpen is not good enough. Now he's like seven and a half or eight to one. That is unbelievable. When you're not given free passes, when, he, you know, when he's coming in, it's usually a one, two or three run lead. You're going to give, put the tying run on base, bring the go ahead, the winning run to the dish immediately. That sucks. You know that you've had that feeling when guys have done that. That and, you know, there's he's not walking people and he's not giving up homers. He's got no. his his ground ball rate. And I have a stat right here. Eighty two point six percent. Eighty two point six percent ground ball rate. The second highest uh, among qualified relievers, Chris, sixty four point eight. So almost 20 percentage points bigger than the second place uh, guy in that category. And that's I mean, if you can keep the ball in the park and you're not walking guys, I mean, that's the recipe for success, basically, as a reliever. All right, let's move on. The Cardinals finally got one in Atlanta last night. Really fun game. Some great defense in that one. And now they got a big weekend series against Philadelphia Phillies. But maybe the most impressive part of the game in Atlanta was the performance by Spencer Strider. The rookie continues to wow us. His first nine outs all via the strikeout. He ended up with a dozen in six innings. And you look at the Braves, even though they lost last night, they've been playing some really great baseball since the beginning of June. Um are we so sure that Atlanta won't be the best team in the National League by the end of the regular season? They're, they're already one of them. So I don't know if we need to like go into, are they going to be the uh, premier team in the NL? Because I think you know, obviously the Dodgers are still going to be there, even though they've been you know, flush with injuries. You know, the Mets are still going to be there because we're going to get these guys back. I think they're all going to be jumbled up at the top. Uh, Strider looked incredible. <laughs> if you just look at him, like, you know, it's the legs, bro. Like that booty's popping there and, and he uses those things. And that's sure why he's, does. that's why he's able to throw what he throws. I mean, he's throwing a hundred miles an hour kind of, you know, whenever he needs it and just making guys look silly up there. I mean, to go, to go your first nine outs, all, all strikeouts is, and I know like strikeouts are up in the league and they've, they've risen, but it doesn't matter, dude. These are, these are big league freaking hitters, a very good lineup and going and doing that. I mean, he's not, it's like, a, I, I love guys stepping up for these contenders. Like you have to have guys like this, just step up in order to, you know, be in the fold, you know, come September. And he's been their guy in Atlanta. And, you know, obviously they have um, you know, the center fielder there too, Harris, but uh, he's been nothing short of spectacular. And it's all the legs, man. Those things are nice, Chris. Uh, so I, I did a little poking around to see how close Soroka is. And apparently he took a line drive right off the leg the other day. And so now he's been shut down yet again. I don't put it past Alex Anthopoulos to make some changes come trade deadline. He's one of the more enjoyable GMs to watch operate the phones. Um, so, yeah, it's basically three teams. It's the Dodgers, it's the Mets, and it's the Braves. I don't think that Milwaukee, even if they make a deal, will be good enough to be considered in that triumvirate. Uh, I don't think that the Padres will climb up there. I don't think the Cardinals will get to that level. And even if the Phillies make it, they would make it as a wild card. I, because I just don't think that they'll be good enough without Bryce Harper. So you're talking about one of three teams and I could see the, the Braves absolutely getting on that. 
remember their run didn't start until the second week of August a year ago. They didn't make it to 500 until that point in the entire season. They have, uh, you know, up that by two months earlier now. So they have started playing some great baseball. Acuna's back. He's been, you know, kind of up and down, but he's back at least. You talked about Michael Harris. He has been a find in center field for them, man. Holy shit, is he being great? He's been incredible. It's him. It's William Contreras. It's Strider. I mean, these guys have really come up and done it. I think there's four teams, Chris. I think you can add the Brewers um, to that top elite team. I think they're going to make a move offensively, and they've been actually really good. So, like, I, I kind of got to shut up about that yeah. um, on the offensive side. Uh, when I look at those teams, I mean, you, you kind of look at the starters and what they have in their bullpen. Like the Cardinals are close. I mean, the Cardinals are close to that. I just think that if you look at like the top three starting pitchers for those other four teams, like they're going to they're going to get you somewhere. Whereas like the Cardinals need some help there. They need I mean, they need they, if Flaherty was back doing his thing, I might even add him into that that category. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be fun. The end oh, of the yeah. year, these playoffs, like, I don't think there is one clear-cut team that's better than everyone else. I think that, I mean, it could be the Dodgers if they were all healthy. It could be the Mets if, like, they're all healthy. Um, but I, I really believe it's going to be a great playoff race, playoff matchups with all these, these teams uh, at the top of the NL. And let's remember one thing here, okay? The top two teams get buys. Yes. That is a big, big deal. You don't want to have to play that extra series, burn your pitching, and maybe lose out to a hot team. You know, if you're the three seed and you end up getting the six seed, that team could come playing some great ball in September and be playoff tested, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, I mean, right now the Dodgers and the Mets kind of have that going for, and they got a sizable lead as far as, you know, um, record. But so. it's not 10 games. No, it's not. What is it, five games over the over? Yeah, the we still got a lot of ball to play. I mean, dude, yeah, not even we got a half of the yet. season, dude. We're not even fucking all star break yet. This is This is awesome. Speaking of all-stars, Tony Gonsolin will be making that team. He might even start. Last night, he improved to 11-0 in 16 starts this year. Pretty damn impressive performance against the Chicago Cubs. But was that a bigger story than what happened at the end of the game where Craig Kimbrell could not get the save and got bounced after two-thirds of an inning as he continues his struggles? I'm going to let you talk about Kimbrell because I know you're going to. Uh, they definitely need to figure that out at the back end of the games. But Gonsolin's, to me, has just been the bigger story all year round, similar to a Strider. You come up and you make yourself, you know, a top-of-the-rotation guy, you know. And I think that we've talked about this before with Gonsolin. He's always, like, flashed the stuff um, erratic at points, and then he's just kind of figured that out. You know, he's filled up the zone. He's got 11 wins. We're talking about who's going to start the All-Star game. Uh, some people like our guy um, Rosenthal is talking about Kershaw. A lot of people say Sandy because of the innings that he's pitched and the way he's gone deep into ballgames. But Gonsolin has just continued to do it. And it's like, I get it. Like, you know, he's not a marquee name just yet, but hasn't been many hiccups on his part this year. So I, I love Tony. I love the story. I love what he brings to the table. I think he's very marketable uh, in L.A. Uh, so I'm just a big fan of his now you talk about Kimbrell well I will but first of all you know Mookie Betts came out and said something about Gonsolin he's like I knew this guy was filthy he goes when I was taking at bats against him last year the only thing was could he get himself under control mm -hmm. like could he find the strike zone on a consistent basis and now that he has you see what he's done and so he's been a great story this year as for the Kimbrell issue it was weird because last night 
Mookie Betts almost made that play in right field that would have gotten him the save. And then the 3-2 pitch missed, but didn't miss historically bad. It still doesn't help with what's gone on with Craig Kimbrell the last five weeks or so. He hasn't been good. And if you look at, you know, it's funny. I listen to a lot of talk radio out here in Los Angeles. And when they do talk about the Dodgers, they talk about, well, what do we do about Craig Kimbrell? And they talk about his ERA and things of that nature. And we mentioned ERA on this show. We do. But we also know that when you do a deeper dive in the baseball world that we're in, that it's about much more than just your ERA, right? His FIP is great. It's two. And for people that aren't familiar with that, that is like elite level stuff. Um, he strikeout per nine, extremely high. The problem is he's given up a ton of base hits. He's already given up almost as many hits this year as he did combined with the Cubs and White Sox a year ago. That's a problem, man. That is a real problem. Yeah, he's at basically one and a half uh, whip right now. That's so you're putting a lot of base runners on there, you know, as a reliever, that's just tough. And that, and that puts a lot of pressure on the defense as well. You got to clean that up. You know, his walk rate is, it's never been great. Uh, Kimbrell, right. He is over his career average that averaging 4.2 uh, per nine. His career average is 3.6. Um, his Homer weight rate is down. Uh, yeah, but you're right. His hits per nine, Chris, I think that's where the biggest jump has been. He's at 9.6 right now. Uh, and his career average is 5.2. So yeah. Basically, he's just putting too many people on base, and like bad things happen when you put people on base. All right, so the bigger question is, don't they need to make some sort of move? I mean, I think Greaterall just went on the injured list, or he's about to. We know that Trinan is nowhere close. They lost Hudson for the year. So this, this bullpen, which has always been a strength during the Dodgers' run, has very much thinned out. I brought up to Jason Benetti yesterday on the amp side of the program the possibility of Dustin May when he returns throwing him back there and hoping that he turns into something special. Yeah. I mean, 100%. He's a guy that you can build up to, to multiple innings. That's kind of what he's done, like swinging back between starter and reliever. So you can get, you know, two out of him, whatever you need be. I, I love that idea. I think they're going to explore that. They got a lot of things they're looking for uh, at this trade deadline. I mean, they're looking for kind of, things on each part of their roster, which, you know, you wouldn't have thought coming into the season, but you know, injuries happen and poor performances happen. Would you go um, get David Robertson right now? I, I mean, dude, that's the one name that, that I'm out there with like all the Cubs, like package, package him and, and Ben attendee together, or it's not Ben attendee, uh, him and Hap together. Kind of love that stuff. Like someone should go make a package like that happen too. I, I don't think there's any question that the Dodgers need help. Because for them, it's not about winning another National League West, even though they Mm-mm. lost it by a game last year. Like, that's not, those aren't the banners they're playing for. They're very much like the Yankees, the Red Sox. They're, they're like a few teams out there. The Astros, who are like, it's World who, Series or bust. Who else is out there for relievers? I'm trying, I'm, I'm going across. Like, is Bednar available from the Pirates? Like, are they going to Of course he can be guy? available. Yeah, the, the, that's what I'm saying. Like, guys like that get creative, you know? So the tricky thing with him, and actually I'm going to talk to him later today. He'll be Monday's guest on the Rose Rotation, um, is he's so controllable. So Yeah, yeah. That, they have to pay a lot for him, but, like, that's kind of what you want as an organization. If you're going to trade for somebody, I know Robertson's been good and he's going to be cheap because he's, you know, one year or half a year kind of guy. But He's also been through know, this stuff. He's also been through that. He's been very successful. I mean, a few years he disappeared, right? He went overseas 
And now he's come back and at 37 years old has found the fountain of youth. Dude, we talk, we, we talk about him on talking baseball all the time. Like go look at his baseball reference page. Like he doesn't have bad years. Like he's just always been good, dude. Right. And I faced him and he is filthy when he is on, when he was with the white Sox specifically, uh, he would just, he throws like that little rise ball, man. And it looks like it's in a bounce and it hits the bottom of the zone. So you're like, okay, like I can't take a pitch that's down like that. You can't like say, get this guy up because it just doesn't work. And then he throws the curveball off of that. And it's, I had the worst time against him. The worst time. <laughs> I mean, but I think it's real as... bad, Chris. It's like, it's like, oh, for eight with like seven K's or something like that. All right. Well, we don't need to talk about that. It's you know, fine. You're, Jason you're Benetti already... probably would bring it up. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. All right. Uh, since you weren't here yesterday, we're going to touch a little bit on the Chris Sale incident. Uh, we're in his, we believe his final rehab start down in the minors. He went a little, little nutty afterward, ripped the TV off the wall, had his little spat. Uh, we've seen that whole thing happen. Well, yesterday he was asked to reflect on what transpired. So here's Chris Sale. I've been told through the years, hey, take it to the tunnel. Um, so you think you're in a safe space and you think that you're in private. That's a place that you're not supposed to really have cameras. Is what it is, man. It's, it's who I am. It's what makes me a big leader. It's what makes me good at my job. Might not be the best for the public guy, but what is? You never want to do it, but when it happens, you got to do it the right way and not injure yourself or somebody around you. I mean, you're just acting like an idiot, honestly. It's just seven-year-old temper tantrum. It's not, like I said, it's not something I'm proud of. It's not something I want to do, but like I said, stuff happens, man. Gotta get it out. You good with that explanation? Kind of, yeah. I mean, it is who he is. He's very fiery. I mean, how many moments have we talked about Chris Sale being fired up? You see him on the mound. We hear about stuff in the clubhouse. This one happened to be, you know, in a minor league rehab star. I think he's pulling down an AC unit. What the heck was he pulling down? No, it was a TV, I think. <laughs> that was a TV. <laughs> it's pretty strong. I mean, yeah, like, that's true what he said. Like, you know, you, you're you going to be frustrated as a baseball player. As any, I mean, any everybody gets frustrated, right? Um, but emotions kind of run high when you're, you know, he's trying to come back. He wants to get his team, you know, into the playoffs. He wants to come be there for them. Didn't like the way he felt. And they do say, Hey man, like just get out of the dugout. If you need to blow up, go, go in the tunnel. So he went back and I don't know who was, who was filming that right there. Is it a fan? Cause that seemed I don't like, know you know, how it, how it got that seemed to like dugout access to me. Right. Yeah. I think the way the dugout is, is configured it looks like there's a way to shoot part of that through the tunnel. And he's a, he's a hundred percent, right? Like we would not have known about this if somebody couldn't have gotten this angle. Like this is behind the scenes sort of stuff. Like when Lindor and Jeff McNeil went down into the tunnel last year, the reason we didn't find out the real story was because they did it down in the tunnel. Whereas the Jeff Kent, Barry Bonds issue, the Jonathan Papelbon, Bryce Harper issue, those happen in the dugout where all the cameras are pointed that way. So I will defend Chris Sale from that standpoint. He thought he was out of camera shot and wouldn't have had to explain himself with that. 100%. And guess what? All Whatever he ruined, He's going to pay for it. That guy's rich. He's he fine. Did, They're yeah. going to get a new TV, a better TV. Get a freaking 80-inch, man. Upgrade that thing. The, the only point that Jason Benetti brought up yesterday, which I thought was pretty good, is sometimes there are little, like, minor league tchotchkes that, that are, are there from over the years. 
that are kind of a big deal to the organization that could have gotten caught in the shrapnel, if you will. And he said, and oh, by the way, somebody's got to clean that shit up. Like, wait, what? Someone could got hurt. Wasn't he by himself in that room? No, no, no. What he's saying is what Jason was saying is that sometimes in minor league ballparks, because he spent a decade down there as an announcer, there's a lot of like little minor league artifacts that are, Mm. that could be from like the fifties or the sixties that are hanging on the walls. And who knows if one of those got damaged, those are ones that you can't monetarily replace. That's what he was saying. He's, it was just kind of a different little perspective. I think that's a new park though. So I think we're okay. Yes. Someone had to pick it up. Yes. Chris sale rewarded them handsomely. I promise you that. Um, I, you know, I don't always agree with everything Chris Sale says. I, I don't like I hated mm-hmm. the fact that he took scissors to jerseys a bunch yep. of years because he didn't like that's ridiculous. And he he admitted like he's immature. He admitted that even though he's a father that's almost in his mid 30s, that, you know, he has temper tantrums. that He has issues that he hasn't learned how to deal with. And it's great. I love it when people can raise their hand and say, I'm not perfect. He said, I'd like to shake the hand of the person who's perfect because I haven't met him yet. And he's, he's dead on with all that sort of stuff. Your favorite baseball player, no matter who it is, has blown up at some point during their career. What was your best snap that you had? I I used to go in the tunnel as well. Uh, There was one time that I remember. And and the reason I like stopped kind of doing that stuff, I was near the the helmet rack and I just struck out, looked bad, man. And I kind of like threw my helmet there not like super hard or from super far away, but it ricocheted, man. And it like went near Kadir's feet. And I was still a pretty young player at that time. And that dude gave me an absolute death stare. And from that point on, I talked to him after the game. We, we hashed everything out. And he was cool about it. But, man, from that point on, I was like, I'm going away from everybody. Because just you don't want shrapnel to hit somebody. That's the worst thing you can do. And even if it just barely touches somebody, it doesn't matter. That's like – one of the worst things you can do as a teammate is throw your equipment and it hits somebody else. Like that is, if you do that, you might as well just crawl in a hole for a while, bro. All right. Last thing. And this is something that happened on the show yesterday that I wasn't even really cognizant of until (laughs) uh, our non-working today producer, Dan Rourke put it out on his own social media. Here we go. The Yankees are right up there with the Astros and the Dodgers is, in my opinion, the three best teams in baseball. Uh, And I do believe that the Red Sox are a team that you're not going to want to see come October, depending on the health of Chris Sale. But like. So for those of you joining us on AMP or on the podcast form and you can't see what's happening, that is an isolate shot of Dan Rourke when I'm making that statement about the Boston Red Sox not being a team you want to face where he's giving the elongated eye blink like rose what the fuck are you talking about and he put it out on social media yesterday and of course all of his little yankee minions that follow him were all like you're right you're right dan that guy doesn't know what he's talking about should we fa- should we fine dan rourke for putting this out on social media without baseball today's permission so one thing that I didn't like about this whole situation was um, that, you know, he kind of made you look bad a little bit. Mm. But then I realized that you and Jason Benet did the same thing to me. So I am team Dan on this right whoa, now. Whoa. How, how did I make you look bad? You asked him, was he even any good? You asked Jason Benetti that. But I need, all, a, I needed, all I needed were facts. <laughs> 
I just need, I was looking for facts. I was doing a fact finding mission. <laughs> Let's get back to Dan. Dan's hilarious. He does have his Yankee minions there that man, he's, he's got power on Twitter. So they came after you a little bit, but I think it's classic Dan. He rides for his team no matter what, uh, yeah. especially this year, 60 wins the Yankees got. So he's kind of allowed to be a little cocky. Well, but, I'm, I'm, I'm all so for it, it gets to the question. It gets to the question here. Should he be fined in kangaroo court? Yeah, that's, I mean, yes, 100%. Like we handle it in-house. I'm all mm. about it. Rob, you're the producer today. I want you to pop on here. Should we find Dan or not? Well, I had a long discussion with him uh, this morning <laughs> about it. Um, and he said, he said it was no, he didn't want it. It wasn't disrespect toward you. It was disrespect toward your take. Or basically toward me since I came up with the take. That's kind of what I thought too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fire, find him. Definitely needs to be. We're fired. not going to fire him. Let's, let's not get all crazy. I Rob. think and, I have and, an idea. I have an idea. Yeah. What is it? There's got to be a Red Sox hat hanging around somewhere. I think maybe having him wear a Red Sox hat <laughs> one day while he's producing <laughs> might do the trick. <laughs> Zoe or Jack can give it to him. Yeah. That's very funny. I like that. I lo- That is better than any sort of monetary penalty you could give <laughs> Dan Rourke. There you go. Hey, uh, quick reminder, we're going to be, we are always in LA because that's where we live, but everybody else from John Boy Media will be migrating out West for the Midsummer Classic. Of course, it'll be played at Dodger Stadium on Tuesday, July 19th. However, if you are in the area, if you live here, if you are visiting for the All-Star Game and you don't have tickets to the game, come hang out with the crew at John Boy Media. We are going to have a watch party and also a special VIP event from 2.30 to 4.30 local time out in Los Angeles. It's at, give me the name again. Boomtown Brewery. Boomtown Brewery, which is downtown. Um, And it'll be a great time. There's special VIP package available. Just click on our social media channels and make sure you get the tickets because they are going fast. It's a, we had an amazing time with all of our good friends last year in Denver. Uh, It's going to be even better this time around because now we've got one of these under our belt. Yes. It's the VIP events. My favorite thing we do during all-star week. Um, You know, we go to the home run derby. We have the general admission watch party after it, but the VIP event is so cool because you know, it's one-on-one with like our biggest fans, people who support us, people who are like part of our shows that are in the chat, they're moderators in the chat, like being able to like talk with them one-on-one is it's very rewarding. And I just think it just, it it builds our community up and it was just like nothing better for me. So come and have a good time. Me and C Rose will be there. C Rose, I said, is going to hand out a crisp $100 bill to someone at the party. Yeah. Well, that, that part's false, but, um, Other than that, everything else is true, including I believe you get two free drink tickets mm. with the purchase of your VIP. Mm. I believe you use that right now. Yeah, well, that's all right. It's early. It's in Cabo. All right, listen, uh, anything else coming up on John Boy Media? Right after this, I'm doing a recap episode of my boys. I'm talking baseball, um, and we'll talk about all the games that happened this week. And it's a lot. It's a lot, Chris. Yeah. A lot has happened. Uh, Trevor May episode is out on the Chris Rose rotation. He tells us how close he is to returning. Uh, he got a new cat, make that two that he wants to tell us about. In fact, he introduces us to them. Uh, they make an appearance on the show. A lot of interesting stuff, as always. Trevor May, deep thinker. Uh, and then I am recording one with all-star hopeful David Bednar of the Pittsburgh Pirates. So that'll be coming out on Monday. So there you go. 
um, for our outstanding producer, Robbie Scirocco, who, of course, would never, ever put out a clip. Never. Either of us without getting our permission first. And our outstanding summer intern, Alden Stone. That is Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. We'll see you Monday on Baseball Today with Joe's filling in for T. Plouffe. We'll see you then.